Okay, so I have headphones on, so everything you do is in directly in my ear. Um, just as a reminder. So let's do a couple of tests. Just hey, say something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, mic check. One, two. I'm ready to do this podcast. Hello. 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 <laughs> Hello. All right. So welcome into We Gonna Figure It Out. It's been a long time, of course. Extremely long time. Yes, it has. And if you have ever listened to this show, which we do uh, annually or <laughs> I don't know, I mean, you know, whenever we, we got time, whenever we want to. Uh, this is a podcast. This is a show uh, with my wife, uh, Regina Morgan. She hey, is the star of the show. I uh, am not. I am the co-host. Uh, I am her sidekick, <laughs> Andrew Morgan. Uh, and uh, today we've got a special guest in here with us. We have our youngest son, uh, Brayden. Brayden Mann. What do do today? Good. Everybody. <laughs> it's me in the house. I'm the star now. All right. So today we're going to talk about 2020. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. That's a touchy, touchy subject. Is it? It's been a, it's been a year for real. It was not good at all. Like from the gate, it, it was not good. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think I may differ just a little bit, not just to be indifferent, but you know what I'm saying? But like, I don't know. It wasn't. It was very bad. I cannot pretend as though it was a great year, but it, it had its positives. It did have its positives for sure. So let's kick off today's episode uh, in this issue of a year in review for 2020. Let's kick it off with the one positive thing, the most positive thing that you experienced in 2020. What would you say it would be? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kick it off to give you a chance to think about it, right? So can I ask a question real quick? Is this like, a personal thing or is this like around the world positive thing? Personal. Okay. Most po- Yeah, the, the most positive thing that you experienced in 2020. What's your favorite thing? However you want to put it, what's the best for you personally in 2020? And I would have to say for me, it would have to be how we were able to still travel down. And it was scary, but the idea that we were able to watch Nier walk across the stage. So watching a kid graduate is always kind of like the the default parent uh, thing. I beat you to it. So you can't say that. You can't piggyback off of mine. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Braden and give you more time to think. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, probably like my birthday because I turned 13. And that means I'm a teenager now. So it's kind of like growing up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of like. I don't know. It it helps. Yeah. Not helps, but it was like is it was it made the year at least a little bit better that I that I got older. Yeah. Know? Now, was turning thirteen everything you you were hoping for? No, it was boring because I'm pretty sure like everyone else is thirteen except for like kids who were born my my year who were um were different was like. They turned 13, they became a teenager, and they were able to experience out, outside of their house. Yeah. Where we were like, mm, no. So. Well, outside of, like, the pandemic factor of it, what I'm saying is, like, you have always, and you still do kind of, like, have this desire to be a little bit older. So, like, okay, all these years it was like, I can't wait to be a teenager. So now you're a teenager. Is it what you expected it to be? Did you even feel different just because you turned 13? Uh, um, a little bit different. Like, if I could, if I would talk to my 12-year-old self, it'd be a little bit different. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess I'd be like, I, honestly, not really. It's not really that much of a difference, but it. So it's not, I wouldn't say it's all that I hope for, like, as in, like, dreams and wishes. I didn't think I was going to get, like, any powers when I turned 13 or something. <laughs> right. But I'm disappointed I didn't. 
<laughs> I think it wasn't so much powers that you might have been wanting as much as like chest hair and a mustache and a beard. Like those are the things that you expect when you turn thirteen. I mean, then, I mean, a little mustache hair did come in, but <laughs> it's it's mistaken for dirt, so it's not. Oh my goodness! It's not. Yeah, like it. The verdict is still out on that one, huh? <laughs> All right, Regina, you've had some time to think. What you got for us? Since I can't use the fact that we got to see our youngest daughter walk across the stage, then I'm going to say that my greatest uh, memory of 2020 was when my business got the chance to move from the home-based garage to a brand-new space where um, it's like, it's not standalone because it's a suite, but it's a step up from where we were. So I feel like since we've been here, the business has grown um, each year. Like each year we've had a new level of success. Yeah. And so this year it was about moving on from this home-based space to a space outside the home. And I really do love it. So. Yeah. I think that, that that's a big thing from a business standpoint that's been one of the best po points for 2020. Mm -hmm. And so there's been a, like a lot of other things. So personally, you know, we, we explored some of the best. And now it's time for us to talk about some of the negatives. But what we'll do is we kind of navigate through 2020. We'll talk about good stuff and bad stuff. Because I know that if we just let our ourselves just kind of get going, this could be like one just long downhill <laughs> spiral of like, oh, yeah, and then he died. Oh, yeah, and then that happened, yeah. you know, and it's just like, so talking about, and since I brought it up, let's just knock this one out already. 2020 hit us in the gut in February with Kobe Bryant. I think that was January. Jan was that was, late yeah, January? It was late January, January like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so we kicked things off right away in a space of just being like, yo, um, this happened. Yes. And no one – and so here's the thing about the Kobe death was that we, we refer to it and we, we know Kobe and his daughter, but we also forget this was still a horrendous helicopter uh, incident or accident that happened – and killed other children and members of this team. Yes. Was it six other people? Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, a whole community was lost there. Yeah. You know, and I think that that potential, like, the like all those, like, young athletes and, and coaches that just cared about their community, mm -hmm. like, that's a gap that that's that's a trauma to take in. So, it like, is. that that was a big deal. Uh, and that kind of set us up where – February, if that's the case, you know, we went through February and it didn't feel like it was as bad, maybe just, you know, like not as bad, but it was just like the pandemic was looming. But we but know we it was didn't know. Be. Yeah. yeah. And we were reeling off of the Chiefs victory. You know, they won the Super Bowl. So we was going to get to other personal best here in a minute. But yes, because I was going to ask <laughs> um, our favorite sports best. But yeah. but uh, but yeah, like there was so many different distractions that we had at the time. And I think we knew that the pandemic was coming but that was one of the things but let's 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 stick on the subject of death mm -hmm. and just just to knock this out we've had a lot of celebrities die a lot of people uh pass away this thing hit us like in a serious way when you know some uh, someone from our our former church family you know passed away was from the COVID. first and i think she was the first person that we knew personally that died from COVID 19. Yeah. Um that was the that was the first person that I could say, no, I know her. Yeah. Um she passed away and it was really really sad. Um I think the saddest part with these COVID-19 deaths is the fact that people can't be with their loved ones and, you know, be there at their final goodbye because they just have everything locked down and shut down and so a lot of these family members are dying by themselves or they, you know, have to take their last breath on a zoom call or a, you know facetime yeah. call or something like that and the family just can't be there to comfort them and so i think that's one of the saddest parts but yeah that was the that was the first covid19 death that we knew personally yeah and i think here's here's the key factor so not every death was a covid19 death in 2020 
Right. So, like, for example, my cousin Curtis passed away at the beginning of, of you know, like he in March. Yeah. And, you know, when I had to take that trip, that was the backdrop that like the like, you know, I was in empty airports and mm-hmm. it was kind of a scary situation just to kind of live through. But just the concept that like that was also kind of shocking because that's like a close cousin. Like that was not yeah. just casual, like, you know, like, to, but to actually lose someone that's a part of like the circle of like, oh yeah, we grew up together. Like he was there and it wasn't like, yeah. oh my distant, distant cousin. cousin. Like no. this was like family, family, you know, like that core group and mm-hmm. someone passed away. And yeah. so that one was real. Like that, that one really hit. And then as the year kind of progressed, we started to see other deaths. Yes. And as we talk about other different categories, you know, like we'll end up talking about, you know, other, like how death hit us. But this last month has been crazy. Yes, it has. Like, you know, looking up and seeing like, uh, you know, uh, Turbo died, you know. Ozone. Uh, ozone died, yeah. Oh, I'm, I thought uh, you were talking about the snail. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> ozone, the break so, dancer. No. You know, and so like all those different people like that, that we see, we've learned to deal and cope with death in a unique way. It's true. It's almost there's been so many deaths. I mean, it's almost like you wake up every day and another celebrity has died or someone that, you know, their family is experiencing death. And it, it just it seems like you're just becoming numb to it. So for your generation, you guys even lost uh, young rappers. They're like, we have no clue who they are. Uh, so who are some of the people in 2020 that you know, like you listen to their music or you were aware of who they were? Um, not much people who died. I listened to their music, but um, Pop Smoke was one of them. He died in early 2020. I remember if it was it was either February or January when he died. Um, and uh, King Von died. I remember that. That was like in November. And there was some other rappers, more underground rappers also, that had died. And both of those rappers, the thing that was sad about when they died was they were just coming up. You know what I mean? They didn't have the spotlight for that long of a time. Like, they were just coming up out of, like... They were probably really, really popular underground rappers for a minute, but they were definitely just going on to like the mainstream type of type of part of the rap. Yeah, game. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that like that's that's the weird thing. We talked about this the other day that like we dealt with like Pac and Big and that was kind of it for us. Like there was like a few people in between, but you know, like Big L, Freaky Ty, like a few people you would see or hear that they passed away and it wasn't like a a big, you know, like it just, it happened, it didn't happen as much, but you know, there's a lot of young rappers that pass away now and it's just like, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, like just that this generation is dealing and seeing is going to see music and celebrate their artists through a totally different scope right. than even we had. Like, we got a chance to experience and see most of our artists, even if they weren't that good. Like, just we got a chance to see their careers go out, you know, go through. Right. And it's like now, and it's like, man, I don't know. Like, do you feel as a as a young music listener that, like, do you feel as though they're, you know, like that some of those up-and-coming artists that have passed away were going to be good or were going to be something, we're going to evolve to something else? Um, One of them was X, XX Tentacion. He was, he was really, he was really good. I think he was, he was like, at first his music was, it was good, but it wasn't that, that much. And then he, um, then he started developing as a character you see and he was you could see that he was like like you know he was giving back to his community and things like that he was like really actually developing as a person and getting more like spiritual and then he died and so you know like he i think he would have been i don't know i can't really say if he would have became a bigger artist like music wise but i think he would have became like a more well-known person and a better person than what he was because he was really changing 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We we had that same experience, I think, with Pac. You know, like where it was like, we don't know if Pac was going to be a better rapper, but we saw he was becoming a better man. Yeah. Like right there in front of us. But he was just so beyond his years. You know, he was just really wise beyond his years. And so I think he had just already done a lot musically. Um, and, uh, but it was, but I, I think the aspect of him changing and becoming a better man would have taken him over the top. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people compare, a lot of people compare them a lot. Like, like a lot of, I remember when he died, a lot of people were saying that he was going to be, that he was our Tupac. Mm. Yeah. And that might change in like the next couple of years or something like that. But that's what they were saying Mm -hmm. because it was very they were very similar Mm. because they were they weren't similar in music but they were very similar you know what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. so the personalities all right so the one thing that we we kind of take away from the conversation about death is bigger than just 2020 because we're talking about people who passed away, obviously, before 2020 or in different times. But I think this conversation is like one that, like we were saying, like 2020 has gotten us to a space where these are conversations that families have. Like these are conversations that the perspective has shifted from like, oh, we can't even talk about death in that way. Right. You know, and I think and, and this is not even on a lighter note. This is like a more serious note. We lost two pets this year. Like we, we just lost Thrasher, which was our our bearded dragon, mm-hmm. and we also lost Winston, who was you know Nier's bunny, uh, right. the second one of the two, you know of the two bunnies, and I think that was just like you know we we buried them out back, and it's just like you just kind of move on and deal with it, but it's like and we still have a desire to have more pets, like we want a dog, like we're a need a dog family yeah we do (laughs) we're a need a dog family we need a small dog and it's it's not just any dog because trust me we could have a dog right now if we were just wanting a dog but we have to have a small dog and we have to have a hyperallergenic dog yes and so this past weekend over christmas weekend we got a chance to bait a dog sit a Yorkie. Yes. And then we found out like, okay, yeah, we, we're dog people. We need a small dog. Yes. Like this is. We loved him. He was so fun. Yeah. And energetic. He was very energetic because it was like a small dog. The little hearts is, it scares you because yeah. like when you hold them. so fast. It's yeah. just beating really fast, even if they're calm. And, and that Adam ruins everything episode ruined, it, you know, kind of ruins that for me because they're like, their hearts beat fast because they should never have existed. Oh my and gosh. like when he started telling that story, I was like, oh, Adam really does ruin everything. Oh, like, <laughs> are you talking about the episode about the breeding? About breeding. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, I think that's that's our next thing for we want to do it above reproach and figure out like how to do it the right way. Where it's not like no one can ever come in and be like, well, you can't have this dog here. Right. So that means we got to come up with the money to pay for, you know, everything needed in order to have the dog where, you know, with us forever. And adoption, all this, like everyone's getting a dog, you know, once the pandemic started. Yes. And so you can't go anywhere and just find a dog casually anymore. Right. And so, like, that's one of the issues that kind of comes up. That's just like where, you know, where do you get one? And so that's kind of that that kind of shifts us to the conversation a little bit about the pandemic. Right. Yeah. What were some of the bright spots that came out of like, quote unquote, lockdown? You know, like what were some of the good things? I think those first uh, few months, because the first shutdown was like a three month long um, shutdown. And I think the the positive part was that we got to spend a lot of time together and we really kind of drew close to each other. I remember doing puzzles. I remember, you know, like having good meals and sitting around watching movies and just trying to figure out ways to keep ourselves occupied. But I think we as a family um, enjoyed the, the time together. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think... Um what we watched was crazy because I look back and I was thinking like me and Sharon did a show earlier about like 2020 Mm -hmm. and some of our favorite shows we watched and you know you can get you start thinking about the stuff you just watched and you forget like I we did not mention Tiger King at At all. all and we watched that we binged the whole thing yeah we got into that 
the whole Curl Baskins thing. Oh, my gosh. Me and Brayden at the beginning, and here was one of the most torturous but fun things. At the beginning of the pandemic, me and Brayden watched The Good Place. But then we couldn't watch season four until, like, October. Oh. it would, That was torture. Like, we, because it was supposed to come out in June, and then it was supposed to come out in uh, late late August, and it just it just they just kept pushing it back. That was torture right there. <laughs> like that was one of the worst parts of the uh, of like wanting to see the conclusion of the Good Place. And here's the funny thing: NBC made it available where we could see the last four episodes of season four. But we yes. couldn't see the first thirteen. You had or whatever, to pay first like nine. you had to pay like twenty five dollars for the first. We were 13. so tempted a few times to just pay for it <laughs> and just yeah. But it's so unfair. It's like I don't want to skip to those last four episodes. I need to see the first thirteen before I watch these last four. Right. So it, it makes I just sense. had to wait. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. It almost made sense. Like you know, because you know, I normally don't mind, but when we're talking like a series finale. I'm not skipping. I can't do that. No. Not for, you know, that, that's too much. Yeah. That's too much. What about you? What was some of the best things that kind of came from, you know, that are like the, when we got shut down, like what was the positive that came from it? Um, uh, I, I could say two things. One of them is that I kind of got to like chill out a little bit more. Not really, <laughs> but I think I was like a little energetic in 2019 and stuff. But one of the other things was, and it, it might seem funny or not real, but I worked on my uh, my uh, 2K skills, my video game skills, <laughs> and I, and it might seem like you know like not a not a real type of thing, but. I mean, you never know when you need to bet some money on a game and and then you and you need your skills, you know? What I mean, you always got to keep your video game skills on cuz it's kind of the future now. So <laughs> Well, the you know what's funny is in the past, I I could have stood here as a father and been like, "You're wasting your time and your talents." But there's like an e-league. So it's like you never know. Like if you if you really if something you don't you never know what it's like the movie we just it's like soul you know like you never know what is a spark you know right you know it, it, so maybe it could have been that you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying um one of my favorites was was along the lines of the spark um was kind of like when we start trying to do some hydro dipping and start trying to do some different things and that wasn't at the beginning of the pandemic but it was that was like um, it was June. In June. Yeah, that was in June, and so you know, May, like late May, early June, uh, in into June and July, uh, we really took advantage after Braden's birthday, after your birthday, we really took advantage of tr getting some stuff done because we were able to get a lot of donations, and that was a really solid part of, of oh, your birthday. Oh yeah, donations! All the people who donated, because I know that some of the people who did probably listen to this. I am dropping shoes. I did not just keep you money. I'm sorry if that seems like that. Because it, it's been weighing on me a little bit. Because I felt yeah. bad. Because yeah. I haven't dropped any shoes. But you have to, like, you know, set up a website and stuff. Because I don't want to... I don't really want to do, like, an orders type of thing. I think I want to do more of, like, I'm going to do... I'm going to do this shoe. And then there's going to be all these different sizes. Instead of more of a... And then sometimes a custom for you but i'm not gonna always do like an orders type of thing because that seems it seems like a little too much because you got it because then you get like one custom here always. one custom there like 15 different customs and all that stuff and it seems like in it's something to work on yeah so it's a business model at hand and if you're not familiar like if you're listening and you're not familiar uh, on Braden's 13th birthday, what we did was we hit social media and we basically gave out his unique cash. He has his own cash app. And so we we gave out the cash app and said, listen, he wants to make shoes. He wants to custom shoe, customize shoes. And we need to do we need to work on this. And basically, you know, we had we went and we brought paint. 
we went and got uh you know we went and got the tub for you to do the deal like we did every we went and purchased what we needed in order for you to have your own things including a lot a lot of different shoes different shoe types in order for you to dip them in order to get started with that endeavor and you know growing a business is real and it takes daily passion but it also there's this difference that i want to say like when it comes to being an entrepreneur we see diddy and we see all these people like on tv who are like labeled as like self-starters and entrepreneurs but we don't see like the full staff of people that help them we see people who show you like one t-shirt design that they may really be going to the you like they may be getting washed on they may never be making a profit and we see like oh they designed this one shirt and they might be the only person that wears that shirt but for us we know that we have to figure out what our business strategy is and we also know that we have to develop the brand and part of that you can't develop a brand you can't develop who you are without knowing and vetting it out you know like and just figuring out well what can i do so like we have t-shirt making equipment here but we don't go out offering the services to everyone because we also have like six other things that we do yeah and t-shirts isn't a passion enough yet to just be like and we're t-shirts get in there though Yeah. And same thing with the shoe thing. It's like, all right, we need to figure out who we are. And then some of the shoes that we have now, it's like you've made some really good designs. We've got some really solid ones that like, oh, we need to tweak some things here and there. But they'll get out to the public eventually, whether through us giving them, you know, out or even just some of them being sold. But, yeah, there are shoes and a line of different designs that will be coming, like you said, and, and soon. Uh, I guess that's the New Year's resolution, like stuff like that. Yeah. And I think it's also figuring out how do you like and this goes for the T-shirts and for the shoe thing, too. You work with what you got and then you realize, yeah, I do need the upgrade. Like we recognize like, oh, we need to go ahead and buy the sprayer for the shoes. Like we need to we need to go ahead and get the airbrush. You know what I'm saying? Like and, and. Dipping's cool, but we want to do some more consistent designs. Mm-hmm. And so, like, now we're ready for the next level. We love vinyl, but we know we need screen press. Like, we know what we want to do, and screen press is our future. Like, we can't we, – we, we like vinyl. It's cool, but we know who we are. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's the next step. That's the next stage of, like, all right, when we hit, we're going to hit, and it's going to be nice, but we want it to be what we would buy, not, like, buy because I'm doing it. Yeah, like, you know, like buy because I'm doing it. And I, you know, I'm a cute 13 year old, and and you know, like no, buy. cute, cute. I say I am a manly, tough 13 year old. <laughs> That's handsome 13 year old. As I was gonna try to say handsome, say. But yeah, and the way you, but I, I cannot lie, the way you just said that was adorable, adorable. Uh, <laughs> so, just adorable. It was all right, man. So. 2020 comes with has come with a lot of like so we talked about some of the positives and I, I still always want to kind of keep it on the positive note but um let's talk about sports it's shut down yes so it's like sports negatives it could be all just sports because it shut down and that was it, it gets no more negative than that oh my gosh <laughs> I, I mean I y'all because if y'all know me really know me y'all know I love all sports like I never am without something to watch. You know, people, sometimes when people, you know, don't have football season, they're like, well, that's it. You know, nothing else to watch. I'm like, no, nah, we got basketball. And basketball's over. I'm like, no, nah, we got baseball. So I love it all. And when everything shut down, I just literally was going stir crazy. Didn't know what to do, where to place my, because it's, for me, sports is a, um, an escape or a release or it's 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 you know I turn to sports when kind of things are going haywire it's just a it's a good release for me it's excitement for me and that was tough man that I I struggled (laughs) I struggled honestly a cool thing that we learned about sports is that there's so many of them though like ESPN 8 the Ocho, right? Right. Yeah. From right. Dodgeball. Has been waiting for this moment, not like in the sense of a pandemic, but has been waiting 
for uh, for like the a, moment to shine for their for their moment to shine. Yeah, competitive bus driving, cherry spitting, which was yeah, really weird. The really cherry gross. spitting was like it was crazy because they were like there were other pits in their mouth and it was like you couldn't lose the other one it was so many different rules to it yeah and like it was and i was sitting there like this is stupid this ain't real but this you couldn't look away and i was like oh my god bubba's up next and you know like all of a sudden i'm intrigued <laughs> i'm like oh my god and they really had like those like it was really in a setting of like a country town and you know what i mean like just this dirt road and everything like that it was it was crazy yeah. It was crazy. So yeah, that finding out the sports world was more eclectic, like was more diverse than we thought. Um, but it also helped me realize we don't need them. Like sports hmm. is <laughs> a distraction. So like for example, it is. I think we and, and it, it, I don't even think it's an unpopular opinion. I think it's just me being Captain Obvious here. I honestly think if sports would have remained shut down for all of 2020, I think we would be out of this pandemic. I, yeah. And, and it's not that I don't think I think the NBA did an excellent job. The, with the first bubble. with the bubble. That's it. I think what they're doing now is egregious. But what? Yeah, I'm, I mean, completely. they've tested 495 people and had yeah, they, zero. They, zero they, they test the. No. Well, that's a. But like just last week, like half of the rock the rockets we didn't even get a chance to play our first game because the rockets had people stashed away for because uh, because of covid tests we can That's really true. blame that on james harden though but <laughs> not really you know it's just <laughs> but that but i guess the, the idea that you cuz i i wasn't okay with the way baseball did it like i think i understand that this these are this is no different than like goldman sachs or something like that like uh, like when these other large companies have financial issues there's tarp for like all these different funds come along too because they're too big to fail mm -hmm. and so i get it you can't just let this whole segment of the like this is this is big money and you can't just let it just disappear mm -hmm. but there's this part of me that's like yo like it's a money grab. Like, so what baseball did was I felt like you can't have these guys going from city to city. Um, so right. I'm all for sports and bubbles. So I think if yeah, they yeah. could have, if they could have pulled off the Olympics, I would have watched it. Yeah. Because, but you know, I understand bringing so many different people from so many different places with so many different backgrounds. It was impossible. That was going to be impossible. Mm -hmm. But you know how they get into the Olympic Village and you're in, and I could see that. The Olympics could, is pretty much already the bubble. Yeah, they kind of bubble it. you a little bit. Yeah. So it's like I feel like the bubble could have worked for the NFL. The bubble could have worked for, you know, like, but you just have to be creative. And but what it would have been about, it wasn't about safety. It was about, well, the you know, the owner in Buffalo wasn't going to get picked to be a host. Right. And so he's like, well, where's my money? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the idea, like, I love my city, but like, Kansas City didn't come across like the best to me in the sense of like opening night, having 17,000 people, you know, like in the stands, like. That didn't. That's another thing that was kind of messed up because you know that it's about it's it's not really sports in that part with like you know what I'm saying because then you say that like it's like the governor or something like that and you you and they can't where some venues are have to be open yeah and they're not allowed and the sports isn't allowed like the NFL isn't allowed to be like can't do that because it's a governor a govern thing more than a organization thing and you know yeah. i mean power type of things it, it like so for example right now san francisco they were like all right we're shut down yeah <laughs> and because the way their politics work there they're like no we're shut down shut down yeah, so if you want to play do, but yeah like can't play here you can't play here so they had to go down to arizona and it's like okay you know, there is no more home field advantage. It's like, if you want to persist doing this stupid stuff, go take it somewhere else. I can respect that. Yeah. But then there are cities like, the states like Missouri, where Mayor Q in Kansas City is like, eh, we need to wear a mask. And, of course, <laughs> you know, the governor is like, nah, no mask here. In fact, you can have football games there. You yeah. need to have it. You need oh to have gosh. them. We need this. 
And so we we had a lot of political pressure that told, you know, like, we got to open it up. And, like, these poor college kids, you know, they're being forced to to play football, um, you know, for political reasons, not Mm -hmm. even for their safety. Like, you're supposed to be looking out for kids. And it's like, put everything on hold. But if you put college on hold, then you put the draft on hold. And then you put all these other things on hold. And it's like, for me, you just got to stop it until it is safe for everyone. And yeah, I agree. Because nothing's ever going to be right. You know, I think about the factor that the Thunder have stashed every draft pick possible for the next 10 years, but we don't know how talent's even going to develop over the next. Oh, my gosh. You know, so, but yeah, the bubble was, the bubble was a positive. So that was one of those things that I'm like, all right, love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I like the way it was, and I understand them not even inviting everyone there. I wish they would have invited everyone there, but I understand, like, that's how serious it was. As soon as your team loses, you're out the bubble. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated that. That one, that was the one bright spot. Of course, the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl was, Man. like, beyond my, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> but, <laughs> I just feel like we didn't even really get a chance to enjoy it, though. So I really hope they go back this year because yeah. it was just overshadowed by COVID. Uh, it, it it did, though. Well, I, mean, I mean, how long do you expect? I had like a good two months of bragging rights around my friends and things like that. And yeah. Where we live, a lot of there's a lot of San Francisco friend, uh, fans. fans. Yeah. So I... <laughs> it was, it was, I enjoyed it. Yes. No, I mean, yes, but it was just... You know what I'm saying when I say... I think there would have been more talks about it. You know, there would have been more sports coverage about it, things like that. It's just COVID kind of took over. And then shortly thereafter COVID took over, then all the injustices and all of those things came in. Yeah. And so I, I feel I like that, it just kind of yeah. got overshadowed just a little bit. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't. And for me, I have no clue what it, you know, because I wasn't alive when the Chiefs won it. So I have no clue what it's like and or what the lifespan of a conversation about the Super Bowl, how long it takes. Mm-hmm. But I know I felt like solid. I I just the for a whole month there, it was like an everyday conversation for me. Yeah. I brought it up. Right. And then, you know, of course, off season comes. But then, you know, you, you put on the jersey, you put on the socks, you do everything you got to do. And it's just been nonstop this whole year. I have celebrated that Super Bowl win. I've let when it comes to the subject of football, mm-hmm. I've let nothing taint it. Like, yeah. Um, but you, you, you personally, but you know what I'm saying. Like, as overall, like from the sports world, I mean, they're starting to talk about it more now because it's like the Chiefs are looming again to yeah. get back there. But I'm just saying, and it just play- seems like so many other things. Um, they, over t- over t- they played it so much on television, like on the NFL Network, and it was like always on uh, throughout. And, and I don't know how many times I've watched this Super Bowl last really? year's Super Bowl. I've watched this because it keeps coming on. I hadn't it, seen it, it Well, at all. once the season started, they didn't play it. You know, they don't play it as much. But it's like I kept I – mean, I've seen it multiple times. <laughs> I've watched it on YouTube a few times. I just let it roll. You know, and it's just like it's 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 been it's been a great thing. But I think, um, like you said, the one thing and this will be like one of the final things that we'll talk about when it comes to the 2020 wrap up. uh, It's just like this was a year of social justice movements. Yeah. And some people say it's like the year of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I think this was a year that Black Lives Matter became less about an organization and more about an actual movement related to what it means to really say and live out that you're recognizing the humanity in your neighbor and you're saying that they matter. Yeah. And so we saw a lot here in Portland. We saw it go down like every yeah. day. We had people calling us saying like, y'all all right? And <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, yeah we this. don't give involved in that. Yeah, I mean, like this is... <laughs> And I remember a guy got mad at me when I had to take that business trip to Montana mm-hmm. where he was like, you know, he got a little, a little snippy because he, he what he sees on the news is the truth, right. you know. And I just was like, that's about two, three blocks down in Portland. It goes down down there. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. But it's not the whole, you know, he's one. Of, you know, he was one of those people who was like he gets his 
you know, his nationalist, you know, news sources telling him mm-hmm. it's an anarchist state. Like, you know, all these things are horrible and we're, we're fitting for water and, you know, like, and it's yeah. like Mad Max out here. And it's like, no, nah, man, it's like, yeah, they, they tearing it up downtown, like in a three block radius, but that's it. Yeah. And it ain't us. <laughs> if, right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I mean, do you ain't got to ask me what's going down? That's, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, the injustices were were real. Um, I dealt with a lot of anguish and heartache behind different uh, deaths. You know, you got George Floyd, you got Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, all of these um, these major deaths that that brought a lot of what was just barely underneath the surface it just really bubbled things back up and um it was i like to say you know people you know think that 2020 was everybody thought it was going to be a year of you know perfect vision and everything like that and i say that it was i mean it just revealed the ugliness of what (laughs) yeah but it, it it revealed perfectly what we needed to see i think we just thought Perfect meant beautiful, but not. I just think, you know, 2020 showed us exactly what we needed to see, the ugliness that our country um, deals with. It's a lot of different facets of our lives that are um, not good and don't they don't look good and and things like that. And so I'm 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 happy that things were brought to the forefront. Yeah. You know, I'm just hoping that change comes from those things and I think that people are really taking this stance that they're not going back to what things used to look like and what it used to be but that they're continuing the fight of making the changes um so yeah I think one of the bigger things that so there was a lot of gaslighting that went back toward people like you and I who set like we set some boundaries through social media and I understand that those aren't like big deals to certain people. Uh, but we, in, in the wake of all these things, we, a lot, both of us made posts and made it known to people that if you are a supporter of, you know, what, you know, if you're not empathetic to what we're going through and you're a supporter of people on the opposite end, that we can't be friends. Right. That we can't be social media friends. Don't send me propaganda. You know, like I had to make it very clear, like, don't send me anything with Candace Owen on it. You know, like, don't send me anything, you know, this this telling me why me as a black person should vote for Donald Trump. Like Mm -hmm. and all those different things. So it was a little bit of political things in there. But also there was a lot of propaganda that was like Blue Lives Matter propaganda. That was basically all lives matter. And 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 so it's like at some point it became this whole because I remember when all lives matter was what people would say as a counter to like you're saying just black. And it's like but then the irony was after a few years of all lives not meaning anything in 2020, we saw people just say People wasn't saying all lives anymore. They start saying blue lives matter. It just <laughs> came, like it, all blue sudden, is not a life. Yeah. It, all of a sudden it became, well, the cops matter, too, because the conversation became we have to abolish the system. Mm-hmm. And as a man who participated in the system to see if I could change the system, I recognize that that system can't be changed. So therefore, I feel that system has to be abolished. Do mm-hmm. I think elements of that system needs to be rebirthed? Elements, yes. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that. So in other words, do we need policing in our communities? Yes. But do we need the brand and the type of policing and the ideas and the structure of policing that we have now? No. no. So the concept of we need people in our community who's going to look out and help us when times get beyond what we can do mm-hmm. that will defend and help provide you know comfort and safety in our community yes do i know that that's going to come at some sort of a cost of freedom in different ways yes but i also know that if we abolish these systems and we start fresh we get a chance to at least allow it to stop costing the lives of any individual who seems to step outside of it and watching 
the lifelessness for eight minutes and 46 mm. seconds of an individual to just look the camera, look people in the eye and look around and let it be known that the life under his knee was not worth anything. Mm -hmm. And the justification for that was he had the law on his side mm -hmm. and he knew he had the law on his side. Yeah. Then we have to, if the law prompts any one human to take a life in such an egregious way, yes, that human has to pay, but it's not about that human. I don't even know that man's name. I know George Floyd's name. I know, and that's the name I need to know. Mm -hmm. I need to know his name and I don't need to know anyone else's because he's the one who mattered in that moment. Mm -hmm. And his life is not val was not valued. And so when you talk about the law that allows this man to do to take a life like that, if we value life in any type of way, it is time for us to abolish those laws. Yeah. And it's not a popular thing to think because there's, you know, like people be like, well, it's going to be crazy out there if you do that. It's crazy now with these laws. <laughs> it just ain't crazy for you in the suburbs as a white man or a white woman or whatever it might be. But it is or a rich or well-to-do black person. It could be anyone who fits in these categories. Mm -hmm. Anybody who chooses to bury their head and saying it's OK for you. But for us. I can't get comfortable, even though we live in the suburbs. I don't get comfortable because I know I can be snatched out of this. Yeah. At any moment. Right. For just breathing while black. Right. Right. So we had to set some boundaries and it took some emotional tolls. Mm -hmm. And we also noticed that some people just the level of communication was we've talked about this on We Gonna Figure It Out already. Mm -hmm. But that level of communication went from, OK, I'm just not going to be friends with them anymore yeah. and we made choices too to unfriend people who were consistently posting hate propaganda and i could understand a person could listen to everything i just said and say well that's hate propaganda and i would challenge you to really like really look in your soul like am i really saying something hateful right is my context really that hateful and because I challenge myself every day before I assess that you're, you're what you're posting and what you're saying. It's hateful. It, before I, I come to terms with whether that's hateful, I challenge myself to say, now, is it that I'm overvaluing my context and not paying attention to the other person's? But then there's some stuff where it's just like, I can't really get, I can't get down with the idea of stand back and stand by. Like, those nah. are clear, those are clear things. Yeah. I can't really get and, and it's not just about the political thing, you know, like it's not just about the president. It's also about this kind because of, like, you know, the president coming in ain't no better, you know, so it's not right. about political parties. It's about the truth of the matter is I can't support someone who's anti my family existing. Yeah. I'm not going to be complicit with my own oppression. And so I have Come to. Come on, man. I have to use terms that say in our family, we have to have a radicalist attitude, if that's what people want to call us. We have to have an attitude that says we're going to serve God. And that means we're going to do what we have to do to serve. Like, you can't serve the gospel dead. No. You can't serve the God. Like, I'll put you like this. We can't go out there and let people know and experience God under oppression. I'm talking spiritually dead, not physically mm -hmm, dead. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you know, we can't. We got to be our whole selves. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy, man. Like, that's what this year, what the social justice movement did for me is it helped liberate me watching Generation Y and watching, like, the mm. younger millennials hit the streets and they tore it up because they were like, I ain't got nothing anyway. Yeah. So I might as well hit you where it hurts and make you listen a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm good with it. Like, a lot of people are like, well, it's, it's lawlessness. It's, What's you know. What's Generation Y? Uh, it's the general. It would be. Uh, I can look it up real quick. But it, it's a. It's basically. And while I'm looking it up, somebody just fill it and say so, somebody talk because I can't mm -hmm. look it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like everybody yeah. Just look. I know I'm Generation Z. Is it Z? Z? Did I say Gen Y? Z I said Y, but I meant Z. Yeah, you meant Z. I, think. I meant Z. My bad. Because that's like what. But that's that's all your children, right? Except for Nyla, or is it? There is a generation wide, though, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, it is. 
Uh, millennials, uh, also known as Generation Y, mm. but the younger group of of us. So like like not me, not me. Yeah, like. But like 1996, 1995. That's Generation Y. And then there's, you know, and then there's Generation Z. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it seems like they started adapting the name Zoom just because of we had to go to, you know, Zoom calls and things like that. I had kind of heard that a little bit. But there's also there's like a fake Internet beef with uh, boomers. So we called ourselves the Zoomers. It was funny. Ah, I see. Yeah. yeah, I like that that beef. Uh, I like the sarcastic way of calling boomers out. It's just fun. And when I see it on Twitter, I didn't understand <laughs> it at first, and then once I started to get it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is beautiful." Yeah. Because they need to be tugged at like that. They do. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Generation Y, Generation Z, because Generation Z officially starts what ninety seven to two thousand twelve. And so that's what I'm saying. Like that generation really made a difference, but it was the the ones born, you know, between 90, 96 that you would see doing a lot of the organizing. Mm -hmm. And then it's, you know, 97 to, you know, like you see people from 97 to 2005 were the ones who, who are really like in the street right now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so that that's kind of what I'm saying when I say like, I like what I saw out of them. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure we make room for these individuals to 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 lead, man. Like you know, yeah, 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 so for sure. That that that's that was one of the better parts. I think it's been the trauma and all the different things that we kind of took in. I think we that's a good you know. I think it was dealt with better than it had been in the past, mm -hmm. and you know. We are not seeing the stories here lately as much. I know someone was recently killed in Minnesota again. Mm -hmm. um, and it's weird because I know they said the person returned fire. Oh, wow. And so I don't know what the full ins and outs of the stories, but mm -hmm. I don't expect it to be the exact same thing. I think people got to the point where they don't let the media bait them as much anymore. Like people are looking. There's a, It's a clear thing. Stop killing innocent people. Right. And, but you know, there's always those stories that are dangled out there to try to get people angry and upset. And it's like, no, yeah. this was always with a purpose. Right. Breonna Taylor's death was, you know, like, was, it's a reason that we chose to take that story and like let it continue to grow. Yeah. We see, we can assess what's injustice and what's not. Right. We don't need the media to tell us. Oh, this was like we knew Ahmaud Arbery was bad. Like we knew that that was not justice, regardless of what was going down. Mm -hmm. He should not have been killed the way that he was. Another one that really broke my heart was the Elijah McClain um, death. That young man that was autistic, you know, had anemia and all those things. And oh, man, his death was heartbreaking because he just liked cats and <laughs> playing playing his instruments for you know little kittens and. It was, it was, and you know, just his it, telling the officers that he forgives them and everything as he's dying. It was just, it was just really, really heartbreaking. So there's been some things that really um, shook me to the core, I think. Um, had to have some really come to Jesus moments and, you know, really get myself together because it was, it was really getting to that place of exhaustion. And just like, why does this keep happening? You know, uh, you know, why does this keep happening? And so, um, so, but I feel like at the end of it all, if you're still here, this is, we're probably a couple of, you know, but maybe about an hour or so away from it turning to uh, 2021 here in um, the Pacific Northwest. And if you have made it and you're still here, man, it's an absolute miracle. There's just been so many deaths. COVID has taken, you know, 340 plus thousand people. And, it, you know, and then all of the other things that had happened. I've, I've known, you know, I've had some classmates pass away this year, you know, just it's, it's been a lot. And so I, I thank God that I'm still here. I thank God, that my family's still here, that everybody's still 
uh, on this side of of things and um, just grateful, man. Um, just really puts into perspective um, what's important and I'm looking forward to the new year and and just kind of what's to come. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely say the same. Like I feel like it's um, I think because there's more. There was some beautiful things we saw this year. One of my favorite things we saw was you know the lack of traffic in Italy. You know, like in the canals, kind of turned the water a different color. Yeah. Um, and all of that was the result of just, you know, us taking a little bit of time to just let the earth heal and and, and move, you know, move without us for a minute. Mm-hmm. And so it, it had a different, you know, obviously we, the essential workers that were yeah. out there that had to keep working and had to deal with it. We've lost a lot of them. We've lost a lot of people who were like, I can't stop working. Yeah. We've put a lot of people in position to where they can't stop working also because we can say you stay home, but someone's got to deliver those groceries. Yeah. And someone's got to do, you know, cook that food that, that you won't deliver. And so there are a lot of people who had to get out. And most of those people are get on the bus people. You know, getting an Uber person, that Uber driver, yeah. you know, like all these people who still had to kind of like keep the essential things going. You know, we definitely salute them and we're super proud of them. And we even had a program this year where we sent, you know, uh, uh, sent out um, ponytails. Yeah. And yeah. So things, you know, like the, the, I think that's the key factor is when we go into next year. If we have to have another like lockdown, just thinking of how can we support? I know we helped with, you know, the food, getting food out to people, mm-hmm. gift cards and other things. This is a, we got to keep remembering like this is not like I think this year I really want to take a large focus on um, house insecurity. You know, those people who are unstable yeah. and living in the hotels and living in the different spaces where you just can't see them and um it's that in between that I want to I want to focus in on because mm-hmm. it's easy to focus on the uh, homeless or houseless, so to speak, you know, that you see in the tents. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a whole different ball game when you're dealing with the person who just staying with mama. Me and the kids are staying with mama this week, but then we got into it. So now I'm in the hotel and now we you know, and now I can't afford the hotel because it's taking up my whole check or right. else to see the stay in the hotel for the next 10 years. Because all I can do is make enough money. And if I get sick, I'm out of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I'm back over such and such's house for a week or two until they get an attitude. That insecurity in children growing up in that space is something I want to try to do my little part to abolish this year. Right. And 2020 showed me that I need to do that. I need to work on that. I need to, like, it's brought up some memories and some thoughts. And so it's just like, you got it, you got it. So 2020 has given me a focus and I'm not taking away and I don't and I'm not just saying it to be indifferent, you know, to what I see on social media. I know that I know what the resounding theme of the of everybody's just saying 2020 was the worst. And um, and it's, it's you lucky you drug through it and all these and all those things are true. And I'm not saying that like I'm different from that because I, I agree with all of it. I just I'm going to really once in an hour. I have no need to talk about 2020 again. <laughs> I don't. Right. Well, it's repetitive. Gonna, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and it's going to own me at that point. Mm-hmm. I want to leave it where it's at. Yeah. What's the little joke uh, Shrine told me earlier that I, it does not land when I tell it. It didn't land when she told us a dad joke that next year tells us that last year won because it's 2021. Well, you told that to me and uh, I yeah. did. Uh, I did not. I saw laugh. something that said, um, on January on January first, twenty twenty one, hindsight will literally be twenty twenty. <laughs> exactly. I thought that was cool. Though it's so many different ways to to go through. Like bottom line, it's over. We made it. So now, only thing we can be responsible to do is to transition into the next year mm-hmm. and have fun and be blessed. Braden, what are you gonna do? in 2021 that you're looking forward to uh me um mm, ooh, there's like 
two big things. No, three big things. There's a lot of big things happening for me in 2021. <laughs> Come on now. I love it. Um, First, my shoe business. And then my like really, like my shoe business is something I really want to do. But there's also me wanting to make beats and stuff like that because I really okay. like music. And then I, I'm also going to go to high school in 2021. Woo. And then, what is it? There was another one. And then maybe, most likely, probably um, more of, like, maturing, growing older and stuff like that. Nice. So it's kind of a part of high school, but not. You get the point. Yeah. What about you? Um, Really expanding my brand. What I think what 2020 taught me is that you definitely have to have multiple streams of income. And so um, I think it's important because my hands are not going to be able to braid and do those things forever. My body won't be able to withstand, you know, standing up for, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day, those things. And so I think it's important to be setting the business up to uh, do other things, you know. So branding is important for me this year, Um, adding to the repertoire of the business uh, you know, just just doing some some major things to um, expand the business just beyond the hair braiding part of it. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, we're wrapping up the show. As you know, we are a family uh, with four kids, um, mm-hmm. blended to some extent. You know, uh, it, it's part of the title, but it doesn't. It's not natural to how we feel. It's not who right. we are. It's just how people made identify with this and um so it's kind of like one of those things where um we got navine with senator win uh internship here in in the state of washington Mm -hmm. so that's like exciting isn't it you know say what you're gonna say what navine doing an internship with with the senator here and so that's exciting uh we've got niera living here you know uh Mm -hmm. and just Figuring out what she wants to do. Like today, she was saying, um, like how she just wants to to potentially like groom pets, and I'm like, oh, that's perfect for yeah, you. Yeah, we, her and I talked yeah. about that for, for, for like, a good while. Those type of ideas and those thoughts are exciting. You know, like to see things come alive, like seeing Ada like kind of just push forward and like not just working hard, but just like working hard for a purpose and mm-hmm. seeing her kind of mature into into the space she's in. Seeing Edward really mature and Justine mature, like seeing them kind of grow um, as well as like Nyla just doing her thing, like just just being a just straight up adult, you know what I'm saying? Just adulting. Like yeah. it's crazy because she just she's just a grown woman. Like it's so funny just to have an adult child like that. Yeah, so. I, th- I think I've had a moment uh, this week. I think when Navine left, it was just like, man, the big three are really officially on their own. Like, they're doing their thing. Of course, we're always here for them, and, you know, our door is always open. But, I mean, they have all ventured out to adulting, paying their own bills and so the first <laughs> living big, their own lives. The first big three I always think about is Ray Allen, <laughs> Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett. That's the big three you think about? That it, well, Hold on, listen. It's not the first big three. But I think about that big three, so that makes Braden Rondo. Or if it was Jordan, Pippen, and let's just say Horace Grant, this makes him potentially, you know, uh, B.J. Armstrong. I or thought you were going to say Steve Kerr. Uh, no. Or if we go, if we fast forward and say Rodman and we take Rodman and put him in there, he's Tony Kukoc, clearly. Nice. So it's just like. No, I'm t- I'm clearly, I feel like I'm clearly Steve Kerr. You know, <laughs> I'm a shooter from deep. I ended up, I ended up keep on going and then winning more rings with San Antonio and, and then, and then, um, and then uh, what's Golden State and all that stuff. And then becoming like a GM and a coach. You know what I'm saying? Like And like you got like your own strand of marijuana every time <laughs> Ross oh Gold God. come around, you willing to lose it all. Like Risk yeah. It all. Yeah, like oh we, we know Steve Kerr. Yeah. So I guess you could have Steve Kerr. We're gonna take the good parts of yeah. Steve Kerr and not that other stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so 
we're we're out for this this is that's probably the best way to leave the episode before <laughs> it expands a little bit more oh, a lot of great things have happened in 2021 much more than we really had time to name we had a lot of firsts we've got uh kamala harris yeah um that's first just, woman vp period black yeah. white any yeah. woman period on a religious side we've had our first black catholic cardinal uh mm-hmm. it, you know here and so uh, in the U.S., so it's like first Native American. Uh, what is she, Secretary of uh, Defense? Yeah, and I think that that's official for 2021. Like right. that, we'll have to look forward to. So, and women have just every. It's been a first for women, like every five minutes this year. So, who runs uh, the coach, world? The coaching um, first woman. Oh, coach. Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond it was like Wednesday. Yeah, that was just yeah. And then we had uh, the young lady kick the first field goal and a top. You know, and oh a yes, top a, five. Yeah, so like a month ago. Or something. Yeah, so at Vanderbilt, so mm-hmm. like it's a lot of great things. So we will come back. We don't know when, but we gonna figure we it out. Like that's who we are. <laughs> we gonna figure it out. And we don't do this so that we can get a bunch of listeners or whatever. We do this to kind of give updates and to document. I mean, this yeah. is how we, you know, create memories and. We can go back and listen. Exactly. So we love you guys for listening. Thank you for listening. Remember, hate can't drive out hate. Only love can do that. And Regina. Y'all take care out there. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.